was a wonderful song. It became an anthem, actually, titled, Don't You Ever Let Nobody Drag Your Spirit Down. I just want to repeat that because it is loaded with double negatives. That's how much they wanted to communicate this message. Don't you ever let nobody drag your spirit down. Eric Bibb and Maria Muldor. This is the Lead Stories. I'm Matrice Lead. Good to be with you again. And thank you for tuning in. Uh, today, we are getting ready to present our view. It's going to be a sustained discussion because we've come back to it several times. And it concerns a candidate for president. <laughs> he was a president, uh, and he insists he's not going to let nobody turn him around. His name is Donald Trump. And the question being asked today is, will Trump get dumped? Now, the question isn't, do you think he ought to get dumped? That's not the question. The question is, as things are shaping up so far, are you comfortable predicting one way or the other? Is he going to get back into office? And if so, why and how? And the other flip side of that is, is he going to get dumped? And if so, why? All right, so that's the task today. 888-874-4888 is the number to call. And uh, just, there's no right or wrong. It's a matter of how you lay out your particular theory, your particular analysis of it, of where things are and how things are shaping up. And what are they suggesting? These hints. And these developments, what are they suggesting about Donald Trump's immediate future as a candidate for office again? Any thoughts? 888-874-4888. Remember what the question is. We don't want you taking the scenic route. We want you to stay on the main road. Let's get this thing looked at. As you know, Trump has uh, basically promised a very active campaign. He's, he sees himself as being entitled to run again, and nobody is going to turn him around, according to him. So we can expect a very vigorous campaign, while even though even though things are working on the periphery so far that may just scuttle any of Donald Trump's uh, plans to run again, and let alone to claim the White House once again. And he's facing a number of criminal investigations. He is really uh, tied up with that. How would these things affect his campaign? And are people tired of him by now? 
sure, he has a uh, very devoted uh, following. Uh, some people even use the word cult-like to describe Donald Trump. But either way, he has cultivated a following, uh, and they're very, very loyal to Donald Trump. They may not be able to tell you specifics as to why. Uh, they'll give you generalities, of course. But the idea is this we are presented with, this is all of the people in the United States, this is part of what we are to expect of a political campaign. And the campaign is aimed at getting somebody, preferably somebody new, in the White House. Uh, next year. So the campaigns are shaping up. Uh, their trajectory is being carved out. They are formulating their appeals, the appeals they will make to their various constituencies, and sharpening their claws, because it's not going to be a peaceful um, process. It's not. In fact, uh, a key aide to Donald Trump has already uh, likened the coming presidential election as a like a an all-out gunfight, and that will be the nature. If Trump is elected, it will be the nature of his time in office again. Ah, well, you never know, but. I'm asking, from your perspective, how things are shaping up, what do you think about this candidate, Donald Trump? Uh, is he to be taken seriously? Is he a threat to democracy? Or is he entitled to run again and possibly win again? And how would that translate into uh, the grassroots and ground-level support for a president who has been in office, has uh, done many things in office that have been prosecuted, and he's tainted. He's a tainted candidate for all intents and purposes, but he's running, as is, this is what people are saying, he has a right to do that. So he's doing that. But what does that say about the electorate and the process of elections and the whole idea of this notion that we tout all the time about democracy? 888-874-4888 is trying to be dumped. That's the question to you. 888-874-4888. Who's first? Let's hear. We got Ed from Queens. Ed from Queens. You lead the pack today, Ed. How are you doing? <laughs> good, good afternoon. Good afternoon. I'm all right. Yourself? Thank you. Good afternoon. I'm hanging in there. Yeah, I can use your back. I'll loan you my phone. But I'm hanging in there. I loan you my phone if you need them. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. Good thought. Uh, 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 to your question, um, you know, unfortunately, 
I believe he's going to get the Republican nomination. I don't believe he's going to be indicted. I mean, there's, there's a lot of, there's still a lot of cases out there that need, that are, that are opt to be presented to him. He still has some court dates occurring in the not too distant future. If he, if only if his, his uh, team of, of uh, attorneys can, can delay, delay, which is, which is uh, basically his strategy from the time he was in New York. But uh, he's got a strong following, albeit cultish, in my opinion. There are about 74 to 75 million Americans that still believe that he got, he got uh, passed over and uh, there was some type of great screw job, if you want to call it that, as far as him not being reelected. So that's something that you're going to have to deal with in the coming election in 2024. But as far as the nomination, the Republicans are still too scatterbrained. They don't have any clear focus. The Santos looks prevalent, but he's not even, they're not fully committed to divorce themselves from Trump because of his strong following. So he's still a shot caller, for want of a better word, in the Republican Party, in the Republican Party which in my personal opinion he shouldn't be. But uh, that being said, yeah, I think he's going to get the nomination. As far as the election, it's a toss-up. Unless the Democrats can do something with Biden, unless they can come up with a November surprise or something, because Biden's very weak. Um, I've yet to hear anything about Kamala Harris as far as her being the vice president. Her absence, to me, is speaks volumes as far as she's not being considered or concerned in any of the of the Democratic Party's future plans. So, you know, I don't know. Like I said, it's going to be a real toss-up if he gets the nomination for the Republicans, which I believe he will. Just to say, what do you, if you were asked a question, I mean, I'm asking that, so hey, there's no need for that. I'm asking. Does this not lead to a, a, a kind of inspection of opinion after a while that people simply don't give a damn. They like Donald Trump or they don't like Donald Trump. And that's the basis on which they, they vote. We like him, we don't like him. Nothing that's more complicated than that. Well, that's what, that's what American politics has turned into, a popularity contest. I mean, I've said it before, I'll say it again. The largest political party in this country are the people that don't vote. I mean, you know, if, 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 the, if the, the amount of the electorate that don't vote, voted for anybody, they'd win. Because the, the margins are so thin. That's why the electoral college comes into play. That's why the popular vote is, is on the side. The margins are so so thin, so many people have become so disaffected with American politics and American political quote-unquote leaders, that they don't involve them. So anybody that can stimulate that base is the future. Anybody that can actively stimulate the people that don't vote to get them out to the polls and vote, that's where the power lies. I mean, uh, Kennedy's trying to do something, but I don't think he, I don't think he has the, the wherewithal to do it, you know, to a certain extent. And uh, I really haven't heard too much about him as far as on the on the grand media scale, but uh, it, it's all politics. Even in New York, for example, 
it's small margins that decide who's going to be in office. A person, if he can lock in 20,000, 30,000 votes uh, for city council or for, or, or, or for uh, or mayoralty, they're in. They're in indefinitely because they, they can't even call the shot as to who runs against them. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's come down to a personality contest. It comes down to who can carry the, uh, the, elect- the, the slim electorate's favor. And, and as far as real politics, the allocation of funds, the, how, how it affects communities, how, 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 how a politician or how policy should help enhance communities and life is lost in the wind. People don't understand politics in this country anymore. All right. So you gave us the point of a, a semi-panoramic. I'd like you to go full-blown panoramic here. Isn't this a perfect uh, reason for a non-majority party to emerge and really go at it to get people elected to office that they think would make a difference? Well, yeah, there's definitely a vacuum. I mean, the Poor People's Campaign is trying to address it. Like I said, I've done some campaigning with them. I've been to some of their meetings and participated in some of the rallies. But nobody's capturing, nobody has the charisma to really capture the people. No one's giving the message, the message, the message of that these politicians don't care about you. There is a small elite group of ultra-wealthy people that are controlling this, this government and that we need to stand in force against them. We need to, there's nobody presenting policies that benefit communities. There's nobody presenting platforms in a, in a party sense that, that despite whoever is at the head, this is what we stand for, this is what we want, and if you're not going to do it, then we're going to force you out and we're going to put somebody in there who is? There's no cultivation of organization in this country anymore. Everybody's hooked into their feelings. Everybody's hooked into a popular view. But uh, the, the, you've got to have some standards. You've got to have some platforms. You've got to have some basis, some, some spine, some backbone to really motivate people and to catch their imagination. And this, this, there, hasn't, there really hasn't been a party or a personality to me, to me that has done that as of yet. Okay. Has time run out already? Or, in other words, is it too late to mount an effort? Um, Looking at how many things will have to be done and tackled at the same time, can anybody emerge uh, who can handle all those different parts of running a campaign in this environment? Well, for this election, I think it's already too late. I mean, you got you got to look at it realistically. You got to start planning for a presidential election years before it even once you once the first once the first presidential election has happened, you, your campaign starts from that point on. You got to put your face in community. You got to knock on doors. You got. I mean, it isn't internet. It isn't Facebook. Yeah, social media, big deal. The grassroots, the meat and potatoes, knocking on the doors, finding out what the people want. Addressing the addressing the, the the concerns and interests of specific communities and building that constituency, building that reputation. You know you can't do that overnight. That's a process. It's a long process. It's an arduous process. But in the end, it can produce something. It can produce 
viable candidates that can, that can produce productive policies. we got a government right now that can hand billions of dollars over to a war in Eastern Europe, and we can't get housing. We can't get student loan relief. I mean, we can't get adequate Medicare after a freaking pandemic. And nobody in, in politics is addressing those issues. We're going to war without even a sanction from Congress. We got a president that's sending 3,000 reservists into Northern Europe to, 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 for a proxy war against a dying country, like against a country that can't win the Ukraine. You know, I mean, it, it's, that's just part of it. And nobody is really holding anybody to task for that. Give me somebody who starts doing that, and then we can build. But right now, they, they, they're all too weak. And, you know, you're worrying about Trump, you're worrying about this, you're worrying about that. You know, you got to get your head out of your third point of contact and get in the game. All right. Well, thank you very much for getting us started. And with such fire in your belly, that's great. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Thank you. 888-874-4888. We ask you, as things are developing, we see that Trump is definitely galvanizing his support, although some people are saying, you know, it's, you know, he's just spitting in the wind. People have lost faith in him. But he continues and he promises that he will continue to fight no matter what. And some people are now forecasting that a, a presidential election with Trump is all but guaranteed. What does that mean? 888-874-4888. What's your take on this? We have Neil from Connecticut. Neil from Connecticut, you're on the air. Greetings, Utrice. Thank you. How are you today? And to you, too. Thank you. How are you doing? I'm hanging in. I'm good. I'm good. That's good. I'm happy to hear that. I, I do want to remind um, the uh, listening community and the participating community that uh, even though your, your health is wonderful now and you are... The vibe we're getting is that you're out of the woods. I, I would uh, maintain that uh, you're going to continue to need uh, our support, our financial support, for some time to come. I just want to remind people that that they should still uh, go to um, uh, GoFundMe and support you through that. Oh, thank you for that. And it happens to be true. I'm not yet out of the woods. I'm significantly out of the woods. The big uh, issue has been resolved, but it's now about maintaining and uh, keeping the bad news away from me for as long as I can. So I agree with that. Trajectory. Thank you so much. Good, good. On your current trajectory, uh, I predict that you're going to not just walk out of the woods, you're going to fly out of the woods. Uh, <laughs> and and your, your intro song... Your intro song had almost as much the same effect as uh, uh, the day that you played um, uh, Sweet Honey in the Rock. I forget. Was, yeah. it, was it Rise? Was it a song named Rise? I'm not sure. In the Morning um, When I Rise. Yes, yes. <clears throat> now, uh, Trump, uh, I agree with Ed that Trump is going to get the nomination um, for his party. But... Uh, I wasn't going to call, but I, I disagree with that on one point, and that is regarding the uh, the, the person of uh, Bobby Kennedy Jr. 
Um, he seems to be on the periphery, but I, uh, my feeling is that, my opinion is that he and Dr. Cornell West are going to really, uh, using the phrase, they're, they're going to bring the ruckus to this. They're, they seem to be on the periphery because they're being suppressed by the media. Um, the the elect the part of the electorate that we call the independents. I think that Trump would normally get a large share of them, but uh, this the energy that is um, rising, like the sun, uh, from the campaigns of uh, of Bobby Kennedy and uh, and uh, Dr. West. There, it's it's kind of like a, you've heard of the Streisand effect. Barbara Streisand wanted her privacy. Uh, she and her husband James were bothered by the helicopters and the paparazzi. The more she complained, the more she, you know, published comments in the media, uh, in the press, uh, and on social media. The more attention she got, the more helicopters, etc. And I think that the more they try to suppress uh, 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 Mr. Kennedy and Dr. West the more people are going to get interested. And I think it's going to bring a huge share of, of the independents. I want to remind the listeners that uh, the community that uh, I'm registered as unaffiliated, which makes me very, very, uh, uh, you know, I can, um, I can change for a primary at the last minute. I just want to say that, you know, being an ind- independent, you're, you're in a party. But as unaffiliated, you're more fluid. Um, you know, I could go on about uh, about uh, Bobby Kennedy Jr., but I think he's going to. I don't have to speak for his campaign. I think it's going to come on like gangbusters. And uh, you know, I'm, I'm, what I'm really looking forward to is the possibility of a coalition. Uh, the, well, the green last thing is, is the Green Party is toothless. If there's going to be a coalition, it should have started a while ago. I understand. People need to be led into decisions like this. It's not to be left to chance. People have to be mm-hmm. uh, constantly given reasons uh, for why they need to make a particular kind of move or why they need to uh, do a certain kind of supporting. Uh, it's, it's when people just say nothing or they say something but is not covered, we are long in this split here that we shouldn't be playing this as if it's new. This is this is part of the course. This is what people who went before us have had to deal us deal with. Uh, so this is not new. The question that arises, though, is why, if this has been established time and again, we see the same response. There's no sense of urgency. There's no sense of uh, coalition formation. There's no sense of people having a thirst for something different. Here we are. And the, the, the former president, assailed as he is with a lot of lawsuits and uh, indictments and so forth, is promising a gunfight. He's saying... I am intending to continue this fight. That, that's his primary appeal. 
what is it that we just can't seem to be direct or urgent enough about a message that people should at least be able to, to hear and then make up their minds. But we, it is just so dead. It's dead air going on. And I don't understand it. It would seem. It would seem. I, I feel that we're in a Paul Revere moment. Uh, that the attack is coming from not just land or sea, but there are three lanterns, you know. The attack's also coming from the air. And without going into the weeds, uh, uh, Trump's campaign's going to be very well organized, but the people, uh, the, the Kennedy and West are very, very well advised, and I believe they have a strategy. They both have strategies, and they're talking behind the scenes. Uh, when, when I say coalition, I think, you know, it, the coalition is going to coalesce, and very quickly. Uh, as I was saying, starting to say before, uh, Howie Hawkins uh, of the Green Party has absolutely zero, let's say, going negative uh, charisma. And I think that uh, uh, Kennedy and West are going to very suddenly eclipse, totally eclipse Trump's campaign. Well, That's how excited I, I'm I am. I'm hoping that you, you, you're right, but I don't see it. Um, I don't see it. My feeling is there is no That's time faith. to lose. No, I don't see it at all. You can't see faith. You can't see faith, but my faith, I, I mean, I don't see it either, but I, I feel it. And that feeling brings the, the brings on the vision. Well, but that's not good. And we are way long in the truth in terms of political uh, understanding and so forth to still be at the spot where we talk about what we're feeling. What is happening? What are they making happen? Where is the, the, the documented proof that things are moving in a particular direction? I don't get that at all from them. Well, and it's People, here's a, it may sound a bit retro, but people need, especially in politics, they need leadership. We don't get a sense of leadership here. We get a sense that everybody has different ideas, and if only we could sit down in the same room and talk to each other. That's not the way politics works in the United States. It doesn't work that way. On one level, you could say it's a good thing to constituencies and to uh, kind of revitalize old ones, but this is politics. And it seems to be they're already taking a rest. It's like, oh, God. They don't get it. They don't well, get have, it about the urgency, as Martin Luther King used to talk about. The urgency of now. The urgency of now. That mm -hmm. should guide every candidate out there. What mm -hmm. do you have to say now to the people that would make a difference in how they decide how they would go with, with on their vote. We, we're still seeing this lackadaisical attitude about 
Well, we just need to reach out to more people and, you know, do a circuit and talk to people. Then it means you haven't learned a damn thing over decades about politics in the United States. It is not about, it's not lazy affair. It is get off your rusty dusty and, and be single-minded in the, the task Remember, you're coming into this not with a constituency. You have to build one. Mm. Mm. You have to build one. So it is not one of those things where people suddenly, you know, they go to sleep and in their dream they they get converted and, you know, the next morning they are crystal clear about their choices, etc. It's not like that, of course. But I'm worried that people are still at this time, this historical time, people are still taking it easy. Your concerns are worried. Uh, you have the, you you have an, a perspective, you know, and an overview uh, that is uh, unparalleled. However, I think that that though you you know you tempted to continue to wear those lenses. Um, there's, a, there's a, a power and an energy that is rising like the sun. Remember how, you know, it's very dark. And then all of a sudden, the sun begins to rise. And I think it's going to be yeah, a very exponential just, effect. Look, you're either doing the job or you're not. It's, it's, there's no great amount of middle ground. There's, you're either doing it or you're not. And if you're doing it, yeah. we'll know. We'll see. If you're not, I, you lose. My feeling is that Kennedy, as he says, is in it to win. And I said, I, you know, my opinion of him is not overshadowed or or blocked out by the media. Uh, they, they're not fooling me. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm looking for, I don't even have to look past their efforts. Uh, like I said, the momentum will gather on its own. You have the personage of the, uh, you have the Kennedy name. And that carries so much incredible weight historically and going forward. And not necessarily good weight, by the way. You should keep that in mind. The Kennedy name isn't all, you know, all sweetness and light. (laughs) They're not all behind him either. But he has enough family members behind him. And uh, like I said, with Dennis Kucinich as his advisor... He is very well advised. Oh, Lord. Dr. West doesn't even need an advice. Suddenly, I'm so depressed. (laughs) Do you want to read? But okay. I see where I am right now. It's depressing. Look, when you are running, and if you're serious about running, there's a certain kind of behavior you have. And you telegraph a certain kind of mindset that has a lot of different sides to it because it has to do a number of jobs. You have to introduce yourself to people who don't even want to talk to you. You have to remind people, those who are still familiar, that you're not vague. You have a history and what that history is. You have to tackle 
the issues that are important to the various constituencies out there. And they've been beefing about these things for years. You can't tell me you want to run for president now and still not recognize just what it is you want to be talking about as your key points when you talk to people. You don't start here to build a political career. You either have one or you don't. If you don't, excuse yourself, exit stage left, and let somebody else come in. But it is irritating to me that after all this time, all these many efforts, they're still following that tired old textbook that should have been destroyed years ago. Because it has no relevance. I urge you to, to, uh, to invent something new and, and and be ahead of the curve, not now, where you start off with everybody else. I mean, how is a person supposed to relate to uh, 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 Cornell West, let's say? How is a person supposed to relate to Cornell West? By simply listening, because he, he will lay it out so very clearly. No, that's not the way politics works. Politics isn't about simply listening. How many people who have come before our communities were saying important things and nobody voted for them? Right, right, right. Okay. But you can't develop faith if you don't hear. Faith only comes with hearing. And I urge people to, to watch some of Bobby Kennedy's... Um, a, a, a town hall meetings and and just listen to him just feel his energy because it's very exciting he's going to draw people well, from that's every not, quarter that's not politics and it's good no. that he makes uh, very interesting speeches and whatnot but let us not ignore the fact his last name is what kennedy, kennedy. he is an inheritor of a a portfolio that started decades before he was even born. Mm-hmm. He could be the, as dumb as a box of rocks. His last name is Kennedy. That counts for something. Yes. A lot, actually. Well, there you go. The, the, the negative so stuff is coming from the media. a different approach, and I've needed it for a long time. We keep getting caught up in the, you know, the last minute of, of making decisions which is fatal, and we just won't change our tactics, our techniques, even our thinking. I cannot understand the rationale for Cornell West running for president. I just don't understand it. He will bring so many uh, uh, issues up. He will draw the, the, those uh, very static forces to the left just by his presence and when what he says. But what is the point? You're running, you're either running or you're not. If you're running, then show us the constituency you have built over several decades. With the exposure that you've had, the books you've published, the positions you have taken, whatever. But you don't start now in the heat of the moment Nobody knows you as a political animal 
we know you uh, in the in the halls of academia. Yes, we do. Mm-hmm. But what does that mean that you will be an effective leader? Or you're the guy that we need right now? Well, time will tell. And people are really sick of Biden. So I don't think the showdown is going to include yeah, Biden. I really don't. We are paying, and we continue to pay too high a price for our own uh, lackadaisical attitude toward this. We, nobody in their right mind running for office should ever contemplate running for office if they truly understood where the, the potential constituency is on a whole range of effort, of, of, of issues and efforts. You, 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 not to, you have to break this habit. This is stupid. Right on the cusp of a national election. You haven't raised money. You, have, you don't have an organization. What you have are thoughts. It ain't going to make you win. You have to have something implementable that just about guarantees, even if you don't win, you come pretty damn close. But you have no architecture in place. You are doing everything from scratch at the worst possible moment. And people are supposed to just, well, you know, he's, he's got a good heart. That's not oh, yes. the requirement for running for office. <laughs> you're going to win, or you're going to embarrass yourself. I feel that you and I are going to be very pleasantly surprised. I don't see any of the other candidates and I don't, on either side as being truly God-based. And that, I don't think, I think that God has been pushed out of the whole equation, meaning not just politics, but well, government. Why shouldn't It's a of politics. It's not about God and resurrecting notions of God. You see, this is what I mean. People are screwed up. Well, these two, these two men are God-based. It's a very straightforward thing. It's about I've, getting your power, and the power helps you accomplish certain important priorities. Okay. Absolutely. Raise money and blah, blah. Yeah, there's an architecture. You don't just get up in the morning and say, ah, I feel like announcing my candidacy today. You're nuts. <laughs> and you want us to be... You're not getting a lot of press either. If you're, if you're on the periphery, you're, like these two, you're not gonna, yeah. if you're a threat to the establishment, you're not going to get a lot of press, Eutrice. But I think it's going to be a brilliant sunrise. That. that is why, if you have it in mind to eventually enter the field of politics, you got to start your construction early. So you have some kind of architecture in place that is logical, that makes sense, that does all the other things that it could contribute to in building community, building support, blah, 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 blah. You don't just get up one morning and you say, ah, today's a good day to announce my candidacy. You're nuts. Oh, sure. That's, that's what that know, is. You know, but you know who can do the impossible? You and I both know. That the, and, I, and I strongly feel that these two men have the hand of God um, on their shoulders. 
That's what oh, I do. You know, I see it anywhere else. Went, you went to where most people go when they are totally losing an argument. They become and with, the, yes, yes, the instructors yes. of the divine. This, has nothing, this is not about divine instruction. It is either you present yourself as a logical, a capable person to a group of people who eventually will support you if you do right by them, or you don't. I don't want to question anybody's belief in God. I don't want to question anybody's belief in the afterlife or the Ten Commandments. I want to know, where do you stand on war? I want to know why is it that we have, we still have, despite all the protestations to the opposite, we have a woefully unequal society here. Racism is still way too easy to spot. Do something about what we still have. Why? Well, what difference would it make if Cornell West were president? How does it change any of these things? He hasn't said. We are supposed to intuit that he he's a man of God, and being a man of God, he would not condone war. Get out of here. I just sort of put that out there for the, for the, for the faith-based listeners, because you have very many of those, and they do come forward. They come. They they call in. Jackie being one. Well, of them. I am saying even for the so-called faith-based, you got to wake up. We're and awake. See, We're not woke, as they say. <laughs> give on to give on to uh, God the things that are gods, and basically get your priorities straight. One is not to wash the hands of the other. They're two different things. I was very That's why we have hunger. All these faith-based people who've been in office in in intoning the the, the word of God and blah, blah, blah. How many hungry people do we have in the United States every single day? Mm -hmm. So then that's to the principle. We are on the ropes. (laughs) We would agree about that. You you and I would agree. We are. We, the electorate, we, the people... We, the suppressed, we're on the ropes, but that's when the good stuff happens. Not when everything's going full steam and... and, and, and uh, How you know, long do we wait? Why do we keep giving people a nice little, a, a very convenient exit spot? There's no exit. You're either 100% committed or not. Get lost. I agree. This is, this is a fight for, literally, for life. This is not a joke. This is not about well, it's the election season. You gotta, you know, you get the election hat and your election pants and your election T-shirt. And, and this is serious life. And for some people, literally, it's the difference between life and death. The, and we've been looking at it as a kind of intellectual exercise. We off our rockers and we've gotten away with it we are talking when we should be doing we have nothing to show as evidence of 
our awokeness. Nothing. We just talk. Well, Trump promises to, to bring a gunfight, but I believe that he's just bringing kabuki theater. And I think the truth will out when the truth. Yeah, but it's not, first of all, it's not about Trump. I, I do not put Trump anywhere close to the, not even the periphery of my existence. He, he's not there at all. So whatever he chooses to believe or doesn't believe, I long ago came to my conclusions about this man, who is, in my view, very, very mentally ill. And people have allowed it. They've not only allowed it, they've encouraged it and supported him through what they would not tolerate in a so-called normal person. That's the phenomenon of Trump. But then even a lot of his- they ignored Caligula, they ignored all so, so many examples of leaders who were nuts. And they think, well, it's, in this democracy, everybody gets a, a shot. No, it shouldn't be that way. Well, and I feel that because people of have events. to become very clear that there's a price to pay when you betray the interests of constituencies, they demonstrate that with Trump. They're, they're yes, not. I think that people's BS meters are really sharpening up. And yeah, because you don't have the because time. of recent events, I think a lot of people, we don't a lot have of people the time are waking up. To do it. They better hurry it up or yeah. get out of the way. That's our attitude. That's what our attitude should be. We've had enough time to evaluate and study and conclude and read and listen. And you haven't had enough time to prepare your brain to take a position one way or the other. If you didn't so far come to a conclusion, well, hopefully before you die it would happen. But that's not my problem. My problem is, while you're doing this, you are absolutely convinced that time would be kind to you. You are not going to suffer the consequences of your idiocy. You're not going to pay a price. You could afford to dilly-dally. This is your work. Fell asleep. Fell asleep. I move on. We're still asleep at the wheel. Uh, You know, people could assign whatever phrases and so forth. All I know is I cannot abide. I, I cannot even indulge this lunacy of people pretending that what they are seeing, what they know to be true, Maybe there's another side to it, and we'll just wait and see how it works out. Uh, you go ahead with that. I can't. I'm, mm. I'm not built that way. Well, I think the truth will out. It'll be a large event. Something is going to bring a big uh, immediacy to this, because we're all still asleep. Something is going to wake us up. And yeah, start but I'm not, a, I'm, not, I'm not, I am not caring about these things. I'm caring about the fact that there are still things I could do 
that I will commit myself to doing because they will yield, hopefully, a better result. Some kind of progress that is beyond me. It's not about me. And I was hoping that we could at least, as a, a group of people and, and engaged in this so-called electoral process, that we would grow up, make some hard decisions, especially when we deal with the question of how, in our inattention to these details, we have aided and abetted systems that are antithetical to everything we say we hold dear, equality, justice, and so forth. We've just been sitting around twiddling our thumbs. You treat, and you people sensing the vacuum have moved in, taken it over, and they're, now they're the leaders. I'd like to see some Who's to blame? Who's to blame? We are. We, the sleep, the asleep. Exactly. But, That's right. And I do not choose right now in this, especially in the most recent experiences I've been having, I don't want to waste time. And I don't Me want neither. to permit anybody to waste my time. Me neither, Yatrice. I was out of it. I was out of okay. the whole process, totally disillusioned. But I tell you, when Bobby Kennedy announced, I'm, I'm uh, right away I got the impression this man's not going to stop until he wins. Yeah, but you know, that's, that's Bobby Kennedy and Bobby Kennedy's own personal uh, uh, way of looking at life because of his experiences, and he can't help but look at life that way. Well, I have yet to hear Bobby Kennedy relate to the public. You will. The consensus that he was privy to, consensus of opinions about a whole bunch of things. He's still, he's still doing the thinking by himself. He's still driving the ship by himself. Well, he's got, no, he's got a good uh, co-pilot with, with Kucinich, is a very good advisor to him. He has a good co-pilot. Oh, Lord. They have a strategy. Yeah, they're the same. You'll see. You can't see I that? I be pleasant. Dennis Kucinich and RSK, they're the same. What is the philosophical difference between the two? What is the difference in the political record between the two? None. You mean Kucinich and, and Kennedy? Yeah. What is the difference? That's why he's, that's why he's so well-fitted to be his advisor. Now, they're a good team. I, I'm looking for... Uh, I don't care about I want, screening I want people for the job that they want. I Trump. I am very, very... I'm stuck. On, I'm a one-note person in this time, and that is I'm totally obsessed about where are people factoring into all of these wonderful things that are happening and the, the, the benefits that are supposed to be yielded and all of that. I, I don't see it either. So it must mean that somebody's talking crap. You're it's not matching up. Are you looking for a platform? Something definitive? No, not at all. I'm lo looking for common sense. And for people, at, uh, for once, take some time, evaluate 
the situation, evaluate the reality that we, we share, and see what is the most logical thing to do. Who, who present themselves as, a, as leaders? Mm-hmm. How far off are they from where it is we want them to be? They're talking things about themselves. They're not talking about fixing things. They're not talking about uh, justice. They're not talking they about equality. Well, hey, who's they? Who's, which, which they are not talking about justice? Because my they, the ones I'm referring to, are talking very, very definitively about justice and equality. Not They're talking equality. conceptually about it. You ask them, show me your record that I could use to prognosticate that you will continue on that trajectory. They can't do it. All right, then. All right, look at, look at their records. Look at Kennedy's record. Please. As the most successful environmental lawyer in history. He's got a, yeah, but, he's got know, a great track record. <laughs> oh, it says a great track record. It looks nice on the resume. I'm not interested in anybody's resume. I'm interested oh, I in you refer- facts okay, I'm sorry. on the ground where people are living every single day. You could be the the most effective uh, thinker, but if it ain't producing results that really benefit people on the ground, what's your point? I'm not just talking As about I said, I am no longer going to waste time uh, on people who spend most of their years uh, cogitating and thinking about what else they can do to present themselves to gullible people mm-hmm. and pass themselves on uh, uh, as, as what they're really not. But thanks a lot. So, I mean, you, you, really, you really got into it today, so I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you very much for calling and contributing. Thank you. 888-874-4888. We have time for your call. Call right now. Who's on next? We have Marcus, and we have about four minutes left. Marcus, you're on. You have about four minutes. Thank you, Trace. Um, yeah, uh, I, I think your last discussion really sums up uh, the issue that's important. Uh, you asked earlier, what does this say about the electorate, you know, the United States of Americans, well, uh, I'm, I'm just a statistic consuming resources, but uh, we, I think it's important that we should remember, uh, Ed pointed out, most people don't vote. The people who do vote historically are about 30 to 35 percent of the population. There are two ways to look at this. One is, oh, those terrible people who don't vote, that's why nothing works. Or maybe the minority that takes it seriously is badly misled. I think you stated it absolutely right earlier, maybe unintentionally, you said people need leaders. Now, I think you're confusing needs with wants, but what we're actually talking about is um, 
what we're actually talking about is a long tradition of Americans who are delicate little deers who must never act on their own and should always be carefully packed around with cotton wool and protected by experts and representatives and go-betweens. All these people eventually, of course, become your masters. So, uh, of course, we uh, Trump will lead us or RFK or Elon Musk will save us and give us free speech or Cornell West or Tucker Carlson will tell us the truth. What, what media can I trust, you see, to tell me the truth so I don't have to think? So I don't ever, common sense people generally use as an excuse not to investigate and think. Maybe PRN, the host on PRN, I can trust to tell me the truth. And then I won't be the victim of social and genetic engineering in the future. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. Politics is middle management. Why does it never register with anybody that in my lifetime, my whole lifetime, one party appoints a Federal Reserve Bank chair and the other always reappoints them? Okay, Carter appoints Volcker, Reagan reappoints him. Uh, uh, Clinton appoints Greenspan, Bush reappoints him. Obama appoints Powell, Trump and Biden both reappoint him because these are the the higher up the scale of income you go, the 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 partisan politics vanish. The the thirty to thirty five percent of the population that take this non sense seriously are the people who are uh, they're, they're basically a mix of partisans and fence sitters who are terrified of thinking and acting on their own that's what we have uh, Thucydides said it a long long time ago he said if you have a society